Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday. It is Thursday, September the 7th, uh, 2023. I hope you're having a good day today. We um, we are in the book of Philippians. So we are in chapter 3, so hope you got your Bible ready to go. Or if you're walking or running or working out or whatever you're doing. Um, ready to hear what the Lord has to say to us today. Yeah. Philippians, you know, is one of those books that's often quoted. So many verses that we quote are from the book of Philippians. I mean, I don't know for sure, but probably per capita is probably the most quoted book of the New Testament. And chapter three has some good ones. Yeah. Well, let's dive into it, y'all. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. If you're checking it out on YouTube, thanks for jumping over here and uh, checking it out. Be sure to smash that subscribe button um, and share it. Share it with other people. All right, let's dive in. Philippians chapter three. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's go. See what the Lord has to say to us today. Further, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Big theme in the book of Philippians is joy, rejoicing. Uh, so uh, a nice reminder for us today to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in Jesus. Give him praise. Thank him for all the good things that he's doing in your life. Uh, and even if you're in a tough season, praise him that he's going to bring you through, that he's sufficient, that he's faithful, um, that he uh, he never leaves you nor forsakes you. Uh, there's so much to be thankful for when you're in Jesus. So he says, rejoice, uh, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs. Mm. Who are the dogs? Those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. Um, this is referring to those who, uh, legalists, those legalists who are trying to get the, uh, the Christians, the early, these young Christian believers to um, try to keep all the Old Testament law, try to be... Um, legalistic like they are and he says be watchful of those dogs why because nothing will steal your joy than trying to become a legalist and trying to keep up with the legalist yeah because uh you know they they're never happy they just want you to continue to do more and more and more and more and um they're always putting new rules and regulations to weight you down. 
when you get on that um <clears throat> the only people that um the only pl- people you please when you get on the legalistic track are the Pharisees. And then you barely can please them because you can never do enough. Um that pharisaical track is a it's a losing battle, man. Cuz you're either going to be gripped with pride, which is not a godly characteristic because you're going to be looking down at other people because they aren't being as legalistic as you are. Or you're going to be uh feel condemned because you're not keeping up with the uh with the others who are able to do so much more. So Paul says, "Don't get I mean, watch out for those dogs." He's not talking about the Georgia Bulldogs, but just saying. But they are pretty good, so you might want to watch out for them. Um, verse 3, for if we who are the circumcision, scratch that, for it is we who are the circumcision, who we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. So Paul's saying, look, the, tr- the truth is we are the true circumcision. That is, the, you know, the circumcision was the mark of the Jewish people being uh, God's chosen people, God's elect. Well, the, the sign of God's elect now are those who've received um, righteousness by faith in Jesus. So they received Jesus. He's like, we are the circumcision. He says, but if there was anyone who had who had reason to put confidence in that old way of doing things, that old legalistic track, I do. I have lots of reason because I grew up that way. I tried to perform at a very high level in religion, but I put no such confidence in the flesh. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. Paul was a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. So he was super zealous for persecuting the church, cleaning, making sure <clears throat> Judaism stayed clean and uncorrupted. <clears throat> which he saw early on that early the church was a, a threat to that so he was all about cleansing um the temple cleansing cleansing the people out that were not consistent with that old way of thinking as for righteousness based on the law faultless so paul's kind of rehashing here kind of re- rehearsing here his uh his religious resume. I was uh, circumcised on the eighth day. My parents did it right. Paul had nothing to do with that. That was his parents. You know what I'm saying? So, mom and dad, they raised me in a, you know, in a in a religious home. I was born in a one of the twelve tribes of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews. But as even as I got older, I was uh, an adherent to the law, a Pharisee. And even became a persecutor of the church. Man, I was all about that religious track. Trying to complete uh, righteousness by works um, of the flesh. And that's a a contrast with works of the spirit, works of the flesh. Works of the flesh, Paul will talk about in terms of things 
we do out of our own effort, out of our uh, sinful nature, out of our own um, abilities and um, those works that are um, done without Christ, those external works. Those are works of the flesh. Um, you might you might say it's, you know, when we do things, re- religious things, but they're not out of the spirit of Christ, they're out of the spirit of the flesh. We, uh, you know, we give a little donation to this. We show, at a, show up at a, a work project for that. Um, we volunteer at this uh, community or civic organization or religious organization. Um, we, uh, yeah, we, when, they, when they pass the hat, hat at work, we donate to this or that. You know, we wear our red nose or our, we put on the wristband or we uh, do the ice bath or we do, you know, we do all these things, you know, that none, none of which are necessarily bad. Um, they aren't bad. Many of them are very good. But that, in, in a way, to try to earn God's approval are, are works of the flesh. So works of the flesh don't have, as their appearance, mean things, necessarily. I mean, works of the flesh is not going out and slandering someone. I mean, that is a work of the flesh, but that's not what Paul's talking about. He, works of the flesh, in this context, Paul's are, Paul is talking about on the uh, surface or otherwise positive things. You, would, you know, they were, they were seemingly positive things. But they are void of a relationship with Jesus. They are void of that place of devotion to God, uh, true um, um, spirit-inspired activities. They're more of the flesh, and they're generated by earning an effort to earn God's approval. So verse 7, Paul says, so for what... Um, but whatever were gains to me, oh, I love this verse, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. All those religious things Paul says I did before I knew Jesus to try to earn God's approval, I don't, I don't put those in the win column anymore. I put those in the loss column because they were not drawing me closer to Jesus. They were actually uh, distancing me from Jesus. They were, I, I was a different, totally different track. It was a works righteousness track. And um, Jesus is a, is a grace, faith, faith, faith and grace track. And I was on the works uh, and effort track. And uh, he said, so I don't consider those things. Those are just, now I look back on it, it was just on it and it was just wasted time. It was wasted time. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. There's a lot in there. So Paul says, I consider everything a loss. Like all, you say, 
you know, all of the effort and instruction and education and all of that stuff he did to try to, you know, get to the top of the religious ladder and and prove how righteous he was. He said, I, I consider all of that garbage. I consider it all loss for the sake of Christ because Christ did it for me. I didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to work for it. Christ did it all for me. I consider all of that stuff garbage that I that I, that I, I may be that I may gain Christ. <laughs> I love it. Compared to gaining Christ, all of that stuff is just worthless. It's garbage. But that which is through faith in Christ, he wants to be found in him, man. This is really reveals Paul's heart, right? Like I don't like when Paul looks back on his life, he's like, I don't look back on those those days of trying to earn God's approval as the as the greatest days of my life. No, I consider all that stuff as junk compared to the surpassing um, glory of knowing Jesus, being found in Him. That is not a righteousness of my own. It's not something that I earned or worked for or attained, but that was given to me through because of faith, a righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Hmm. Oh, this is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible right here. I want, Verse 10, I want to know Christ. Yes. To know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Ooh. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Man, that's uh, what a wonderful thought for us today, to know Christ and the power of the resurrection, to know him intimately, not to just have a head knowledge, not just to have a knowledge uh, on the surface, you know when someone talks about someone else and you can tell, like, I don't think they've ever really met them. <laughs> like, they just can tell you a bunch of stats and statistics about a, about a person, but uh, you take a professional athlete or something, they can tell you all kind of stats and, you know, where they were born and, you know, where they went to high school and blah, blah, blah. But you can tell that they've never met them. They know some stuff about them, but they have never met them. They don't know them personally. And that's different than someone saying, you know, I went to high school with so-and-so. Yeah, we used to hang out. Now he's a big superstar but yeah he's really i've been to his house his, his mom makes a killer chicken alfredo you know now, well, wait, now, now you know now now you, you now we can tell that you really know this guy some people talk about god that way they can tell you all kind of stats and they know all kind of bible stuff they know all the all the historical stuff around the birth and life of jesus they even know may know a lot of church stuff but you can just sense in talking to them that they don't really know Jesus. They don't have that intimacy with him. They don't know him. Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know him. I want to, I want to know him more and more. Now, Paul knows Jesus, man. He knows him quite, a, quite, a, quite well. <laughs> what is he saying? Because, I mean, obviously, he's written much of the New Testament. He's given his life in service to Jesus. So what is he saying? He's saying, there's more to know. I want to know Christ. There's, there's still more to know of him. There's still more to discover. I want to explore the depth of this relationship with him, what, he, what he's brought me into, this, uh, when he adopted me into his family, when he saved me by faith, 
what, what all that means. Um, to use his own words, I want to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. I want to learn and grow. I want to learn more about myself and my identity as a follower of Jesus, as a, as a Christian. I want to know about this loving Heavenly Father that would love me so much that he gave his own son so that I could be in his family. I want to know about that God. I want to know about the understand the Holy Spirit who is the presence of Jesus in my life right now. That the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and active in my life right now. I want to, I want to, I want to plunge into that. I want to explore that. I want to know what that's about more and more. So Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I want to understand that incredibly surpassing power that rose a dead man to life. <laughs> but the next part is important, man. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Hmm. You know, I've, I am convinced, guys, we, we learn more about Jesus in moments of suffering than in just about any other season of our lives. No one signs up for suffering. No one loves suffering. I certainly don't love it. But I, I, I do think we learn more about Jesus in our sufferings than in any other season of life. We learn about his presence. We learn about reliance on him. We learn about his, uh, his kindness and his compassion. We learn about his strength as he endured suffering. We, um, there's a connection. There's just a deeper connection with Jesus when we fellowship with his sufferings. Hmm. Verse 12, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been or have, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on. Here's another one we quote a lot. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Yes, sir. Christ has taken hold of you for some purpose. He, one, he loves you, and he wants you in his family, but he's also taken hold of you because there's something he wants you to do. There's a, there's a ministry, uh, to use Corinthian language, there's a ministry of reconciliation he wants to do through you. There's something specific, a calling that you're uniquely anointed for. So Paul says, I want to press on towards the goal to take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of me. And so um, not only uh, is that about attaining heaven, you know, I want to be in heaven. I want to, he wanted me to be ultimately and fully in his family. And so that's why he took hold of me. I want to, I want to receive that. I want to step into that one day, but also there's a, there's a, a mission, a calling, a ministry that I want to fulfill here. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, come on, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is said ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Yes, sir. He called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. So press on. You may be in a difficult time right now. Press on. Keep walking one step at a time. Don't worry about 10 miles down the road. Just take one step, 
more and then take one more step and then take one more step. Keep pressing towards the goal. He's with you. He's walking with you. He's carrying you. He's beside you. You've got strength for one more step. Take it. And then he'll give you strength for one more step. Take it. And another, and another, and another. And pretty soon you'll discover you're walking. And you're like, look around, wait a minute, I'm jogging. I'm not even winded. But you got to just keep moving. Just keep moving. He's with you. He loves you. He's for you. Verse 15, all of us then who are mature should take such view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. <laughs> that's, the, that's the philosophy I live with. You know what? If you disagree with me, that's okay. You may think differently, but one day God will make it clear to you. Paul is reminding the church to, you know, if you're mature, you got to keep pressing on to take hold of the call for which God has called you heavenward. Yeah. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Ooh, that's loaded, man. So you're not, we're not working to earn our salvation. We're not working to earn God's approval. We're not working to be found in Christ. No. But out of all of that, we just, we, we press forward. Not to attain any, not to attain it, not to work for it but to explore it, to understand it, to uh, make the most of it. Let us live up to it. We've all already been crowned uh, prince and princesses of the king. Live up to that. You're already a, a, a chosen child of God. You're already a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're already a son and daughter of God, a son or daughter of God. Live, it, live up to that. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my examples, brothers and sisters, and just as you have, you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Man, that's a fact. There are enemies out there of the cross of Christ, guys. There are enemies of the message of Jesus, and some of them come in, in, in uh, sheep's clothing. They sound good, they sound clean, they sound nice, they sound uh, compelling, but they are wolves in sheep's clothing. And they are enemies of Jesus. They are enemies of Jesus. And their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Mm. How many people out there, they think they're, think they're, 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 they're prideful or or displaying their glory, but it's to their shame. It's to their own degradation. It's to their own embarrassment. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our, come on, here it is, guys. Our citizenship is in heaven. Yes, sir. We eagerly wait a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be, be like his glorious body. Man, that's awesome. Our citizenship is not here, man. Our ultimate citizenship is not here. Our ultimate citizenship is in heaven. We are strangers and aliens, exiles passing through. So we await for our Savior 
who will one day return from that glorious city. And uh, he, will, he will redeem these lowly bodies and give us a glorious body just like he got, <laughs> just like he has. Man, that's awesome. Awesome good news. What a, what a powerful chapter. All right, you guys, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for uh, reminders of where our citizenship is, reminders that we do not work for our salvation, but we should live up to it, that we should live in a, worthy, a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Lord, um, help us to know you. Help us to know Christ, the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in Christ's sufferings. God, thank you for the intimacy that comes in when, when we walk with you through the ups and especially the downs of life. Um, thank you for the things you teach us and show us in those moments. God, I pray for my friends right now, whether they're on the mountaintop or in the valley, somewhere or somewhere in between. May they have a, a moment today of fellowship with you, an awareness of your presence, an awareness of your character that gives them the strength to carry on. Lord, thank you for, for who you are. Thank you for my friends and the opportunity that we have to learn and grow together. Pray your blessing today on each and every one of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for spending some time in the Word of God, Philippians chapter 3. Good stuff, right? I mean, that was solid. That was solid stuff right there. All right. Well, I'll uh, Philippians chapter 4 tomorrow. Then we'll be... Uh, We'll jump in it again next week. You guys have a fantastic day, fantastic weekend. You guys are the best. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. I really do appreciate that. So thank you for taking the time to, to do that. You guys have a great uh, Thursday or whenever you're listening to this podcast, whatever day it is. Have Make it a great one. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.